wonderful little family. So today, we get to step a little deeper into our series for this month, and it's called Higher and Deeper, preparing for the next level that God has for us. How many know that God has another level for you? How many know that? Do you understand that? Because a lot of believers accept Christ and then they stay there. They stay right in that place. Now, I'm going to tell you, I would rather them accept Christ, amen. I would rather, I want them coming through those doors and receiving Jesus because that's the eternal salvation thing. We need that desperately. But you know, God's also called you, created you, and set you apart for a purpose. So part of what we're doing today and through this month is reminding you about some of the important things in life. On Wednesday nights, we've been talking about altars and rebuilding the altar of the Lord. And last week on Sunday, we talked about the foundations of our life and why it's so important to make sure that we have the correct uh, alignment, the correct, the correct instrumentation, the correct center stone who is Jesus as the central part of our foundation. Today, I want to go into another direction, so to speak, but I want to ask the same question I asked last week. Do you ever find yourself where it seems like the walls of your life are falling down around you? Have you ever felt a season like that? I know I have. I've invested in things and watched it not work out like I thought it would work out. I felt that pain. Or maybe there was somebody in your life that you built your life on and around and something happened. Maybe it was a death. Maybe it was a separation of some sort. And now you find yourself without that and you feel like your world's crumbling around you. Well, today I want to help you and I want you to be willing to look at your life and ask yourself, what am I building my life with? Because that, my friends, that is one of the most important questions outside of do I want Jesus in my life? That is one of the most important questions that you'll ever ask. Because what you build your life with will determine so many aspects of your life. So here's what I want to do. If you would stand to your feet very quickly, and we're going to open our Bibles into the book of Nehemiah. The book of Nehemiah, chapter 1. I'm just going to read a few verses. Chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. Here's what the Word of God says in Nehemiah, chapter 1, 1 through 4. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hachaliah, it came to pass in the month of Chislev in the 20th year as I was in Sushan. They got some crazy names in this one. In the citadel, and please, I probably pronounced those wrong too, that Hanani, one of my brethren, came with men from Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews who had escaped, who had survived the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said to me, the survivors who are left from the captivity in the province are there in great distress and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is also broken down, and its gates are burned with fire. So it was when I heard these words that I sat down and wept. 
and mourned for many days. I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. Let's pray. Father, for the next few moments, I pray, God, you would speak to the hearts of your people. I pray, Father, that as we begin to step into this moment and this time, that, God, you will open our ears, open our hearts, that we would receive your word, that this seed that we sow would find fertile soil in each of our hearts, and that it would bring back a harvest of good in each of our lives. So, Father, I pray this today finally, that you convict our hearts, expose the things that need to be exposed in our hearts and our lives so that we can deal with them. And Lord, as always, I pray that when we leave our time today, we will leave changed in Jesus' mighty name. You could be seated this morning. Amen. Now, I love this because we're talking about walls. And I thought the best way to, to step into this was simply right here. When I was younger, I was so passionate about music. How many of you in your younger years, your, your, when I say younger years, I'm not talking about simply, you know, preteen and all that stuff, but I'm talking about from teenager on into your adult life, your young adult life, that you had a passion for something. Anybody? And it's just like, man, I knew, I knew, I knew that I knew what I wanted to be and what I wanted to do. I knew that God had called me and created me for music. I knew that that's what it was, and I poured everything that I have and everything that I was into that. And I loved it. I loved what I was able to do. And it was one of those moments in life that you look back and you go, God, I'm so grateful for that season in my life. But I had pursued it with everything. And in that pursuit, I found my identity. I found my meaning in life. I found who I was. That's everything. It's what I lived for. But then I'll never forget, everything changed. Has everybody been through a season like that? I remember coming back from a bit of an extended time on the road and, and coming back, and I remember leaving the rest of the band and realizing that this season was over. And I didn't know what or how to deal with what was happening inside of me. See, because everything that I had built on, everything that I had believed, everything that I had desired, in other words, when I had said, okay, this is it, I'm not doing this anymore, and I made the decision because I knew the season was over, what happened is my security crumbled. Unknowingly, I realized there were some issues in not the foundation that I had built on, but in the walls and the materials that I had used to build the walls of my life. And I'll never forget, through a lot of seasons, through a lot of that time, I realized that I had made a mistake in some ways, and I didn't understand how to shift around that. You see, the truth is that some of us in our lives, we're building wrong walls. I'd built the walls with some of the wrong materials. But now here's the, the nice side, because it's funny. I remember one of the guys in, in the, the band had gone on to have some 
uh, quite a bit of success. And, and I'll never forget is he was debuting uh, his uh, music video worldwide. And I'll never forget watching all this and, and being a part and congratulating him and all this stuff. It was, it was great. But somebody asked me a question that was a valid question. And here was their question. How does it make you feel that he's enjoying that success without you? And it caused me to look back. And I remember thinking this. I wouldn't trade anything for the walls and the structure that God's built in my life since that day. I realized I was so happy and so proud of the accomplishment that he had made. I didn't worry about that because here's what had happened. I had allowed God to tear down the walls that I had built and replace them with the structure that he desired in my life. And by doing that, I look back and I said, my life has been so much more profitable. I, I see that now. And I realized that the foundations, the framework of my life and what I had become and what God had used me to build and do in that time, I wouldn't trade it for anything. But it really did come with a place where I said, God, I'm giving you everything. I, I can't do it my own way anymore. So there comes that place where we say, wow. How do you do that? And I get that question often. And I can tell you it didn't come easy. I had to start over. And you know what? We don't like to start over, do we? We don't like those things most of the time. But I can tell you this. Sometimes that start over is the best thing that could ever happen in your life. See, I had to allow God to give me new dreams. I had to allow God to take away the old identity that I thought was the good identity, but I realized it wasn't based on him. It was based on what I wanted. And that is a struggle for each one of us, is to really submit what we want to God. To say, Lord, what is it you want me to be? What is it you want me to do? Now, I will tell you this, God will always, because he gifts us, he creates us with certain gifts and abilities in our lives. And the reason he gifts you with those abilities is because it will be directly connected to what he created you for. But what I had thought was my call was just a piece of my life that prepared me for the greater call of my life. I could have stuck it out. I could have done that. I could have been there and said, no, what? I can't give it up. I can't give it up. And I could have kept doing those things. And who knows what my life would look like. But I look at my life even today and realize I've been so blessed and I'm so grateful that God walked with me and he let me start over. And we all need to do that sometimes. Sometimes we need to be able to embrace that in our lives. And here's the truth. Some of our walls in this room today, you've been building with the wrong materials. Some of you in this room, you've built your life, you've built the structure around you to facilitate what you want in life. And let me just tell you this. Is this I'm not trying to bash dreams. I think you should dream. I love dreams. That's part of how I'm wired. I'm a dreamer. But I will also tell you this. There is a place where you have to be able to lay that dream at the altar of God and say, God, you take it, you make it, I'll be obedient. 
And sometimes it doesn't look like what you thought. But I can tell you this, over the stretch of time, I can look back and tell you this, that my life has been far more amazing than I could ever picture it being otherwise because I've watched the lives, I've, I've walked the lives, I've seen my friends, I've seen those people that have walked that path and I realized very quickly, thank you, Jesus, for helping me realize that that's not the life that I wanted. I wasn't wired for that. But what I learned today is that there are walls in our lives and there's wall, there are walls in your life that you need to look at. Have you ever uh, bought a home that's not been built, uh, a pre, not, not a pre-built, but it, it's, you're buying a used home, basically. You're, you're, you're buying a home. And how many know it's really important, a big deal in that process is the inspection, right? Because to us, we look at it and go, yeah, that looks good, looks great. But the inspector who has the eyes to see what needs to be seen can crawl into your house or look in your attic and see things that you never saw. You know, I mean, because we can look at walls and we never see termites. But we buy the house, we get in the house and we look at it, we go, oh, dear Lord, what am I supposed to do now? And it's like, oh, now what was, I thought was a great deal was a horrible deal. It's a money pit. Why? Because we didn't take seriously what an inspector said about the walls and the structure. See, these are important parts of our life, and we need to be able to pay attention to that. Nehemiah was in a place where he recognized that something had to change. And what broke his heart, what geared him toward this was the question. And he asked about something that was so important to him, about Jerusalem, his people, because they'd gone through such a terrible time. But he asked this question, and when the question came back, he came to the place where he said he, he was brokenhearted, he fasted, and he prayed, and here's what I love. God gave Nehemiah a new dream, and that new dream was to rebuild the walls that had been torn down for Jerusalem, and he had his work cut out for him. But the reality is that he was able to do all these great things, that, and it started with tearing down old dreams. It, it can, can you imagine being in captivity? Can you imagine having your entire nation taken and now you're a slave, you are in captivity, you are, uh, your life is controlled by someone else altogether. See, we in America, we don't really understand that and here in the South, we really don't understand that. You start pushing against our freedoms, we get really uptight real quick and praise God for that. But what I can tell you is that in Nehemiah's case, he had already lost everything. The walls of his life had already crumbled. He was a servant and had been, uh, been elevated in many ways, but he was still a servant. He was still under the thumb of an oppressor. And now he hears about his people and God begins to wipe out whatever was remaining of the walls that had been built and gave him a new dream. And God provided for that dream. And I love the story. I encourage you to go read the story, but I want to show you a few pieces that we can pull out of that. I have two key thoughts for you today, but I want you to see how important the walls that you build in your life are. Why the material that you choose is so absolutely important. Because the bottom line is God's people needed the walls of Jerusalem to protect themselves. But not only to protect themselves, but to also keep them from going beyond what they needed to be doing. I'll explain that in just a moment. 
But as we look at this, I think it's so important for us to see this part is they needed the physical walls for that. Today in our world right now as we speak, I'm talking about spiritual walls. What does that look like in your life? What have you built in your life? And today, as we dig into it, I think it's going to help you quite a bit. So the definition of a wall is really simple. It's basically a standing structure that acts as a boundary to keep something in or out to keep something in or out. So it's a boundary. So here's your first key thought. The first key thought is that the walls that you build in your life will be the boundaries to what you allow in and what you keep out. Let's read it again. The walls that you build in your life will be the boundaries to what you allow in and what you keep out. Does that make sense? This is why your walls are very important. You know, we could go into all kinds of different avenues with this. We could talk about open borders and the disaster that that is. We could take a lot of paths to talk about this. We see the destruction of the influx of ideas and the influx of drugs. We see the influx of all these different things that are coming through unchecked through our border every day. And all you have to do is say, well, I don't feel that here in Tennessee but because you're not in the right spot to feel it. But go ask the people down on the border of Texas, what kind of effect that's having on their lives, on their children. When you begin to ask those questions and see, you realize God didn't create us to just be open like that. He created us to have walls. We have a door into our lives that could be open and shut. Because how many know there are relationships in your life, if you're following God's structure and you're following God's ways, that there are relationships in your life that you'll cut off before ever. You won't let them inside your house. Thank God for that. You know, how many of you uh, get solicitors at your front doors these days? Man, I do not, I have no idea why people do that anymore. Because it's like, yeah, you know, they'll come. And, and I forget, just the other day, we had a couple that had come up, and they're ringing the doorbell, and it's ringing, and Tawana's is in her bedroom, and I'm over here, and of course, the little camera thing pops up, and, and we can see who it is, and uh, you know, they, they're, they're selling something, and you're like going, oh, great. And, and Tawana said, uh, she goes, what are we going to do? She, this is funny. She calls me. From our, she's in the bedroom, I'm in the kitchen, and she calls me, and she goes, are you going to answer the door? I said, no, I'm not going to answer the door. And here's what was funny is, you know, I, I didn't want it. I don't want what you're selling. Don't come, don't do that, because we all know uh, that is possibly in our culture, in our world, that's just not a smart thing to do, in my opinion. However, I, I love the idea. As, as we did that, we just stood there and laughed. They're ringing the doorbell. They're very, they're very, uh, yeah, persistent. They, they know, and, you know, our cars are in the parking lot, our, our driveway, our windows are, they know we're home. And I'll never forget, because, you know, these little ring cameras, they record things, you know. So uh, I went back and, and we were laughing because on it, the girl's ringing the doorbell and she goes, whatever. You know, and I'm like going, you ain't coming into our house. Sometimes in our lives, we need to realize the power of walls to keep things in and keep things out. As a believer, you need to realize the importance of that in your life and to realize if you're not using the right materials, it's not strong, as strong as it needs to be in your life. 
So the boundaries of your life are set by the walls that you build. You can either build good walls or you can build bad walls. Some of you have built walls that are keeping out the relationships that God has for you. You know, when you're unfocused and you're moving down the wrong path, chasing the flesh dream that you have instead of the God dream that he has for you, which is always, I promise you, is always better. When you do that, you've basically built a wall to where you shut out anybody that tries to crush your dream, that tries to redirect you in any way. So here's why I'm telling you this, is because what we have to do is realize that there are good walls and bad walls. You define what that is. God gives us the path. He gives us the floor plan, basically. He gives us the material list. But the problem is, sometimes we want a better deal. My dad was the king of better deals. He was building his house, and he was determined he was going to build this house cheaper than anybody said it could be built. And he did. But let me tell you, as the years went by, it, it started having some issues. And he spent more time repairing the things that he should have done in the beginning than he, should, he just should have taken care of it in the first place. See, too many times we're looking for the cheap way, the easy way, all those things. And let me tell you something. I've learned this too. When God removes a wall, and part of removing that wall is the removal of a relationship, I've learned to be okay with that. Because that's probably the relationship that was hindering me from the next level that God had for me. I have to be willing to understand that. It doesn't, matter, doesn't mean that I have animosity toward anybody. It doesn't mean that any of those things, what it means is that I recognize that my days on this earth are numbered. It, I recognize that the mission that God's placed me on is the mission he placed me on, and I can't waste a day that I have burning it on a relationship that doesn't move me forward into what God's called me to do, unless that relationship is serving someone because it's part of the mission God called me to. Does that make sense? So it's important for us to recognize that the boundaries of our life are important because it keeps the stuff out that doesn't need to be there. That doorway, that ring doorbell on my house, it's, it's a filter. You know, if, if a friend rings that doorbell and I see him, I'm, I'm fighting the dogs to get to the door so that I can let them in. But if it's someone that doesn't need to be there, that I don't want in my life, that I don't want in that moment, I don't have to. That door is what keeps us apart. Sometimes it's keeping the bad out. The walls of your life, they also serve as filters. Because in our world today, there are all these ideas, all these concepts, all these different doctrines that float through the air, all these things that will come through. And in our flesh, it'll make sense if we're looking with the wrong filter, experiencing it with the wrong understanding. And that's why I tell people, simply the word of God. Simply the word of God. Stay focused on what God's word says and don't get lost in all the other stuff. Why? Because it can be a deception. And you have to understand that God gave us the map that we need to, in order to build our lives. So your boundaries, let me ask you this. Some of the, one of the houses we used to live in was, and I thought, man, this is going to be great because it's one level, it's all this stuff, you know, and, and, and the houses were like this close together. 
Anybody experience that? They're like this close together. Uh, literally, uh, I couldn't get the mower in between the houses, you know, to get to the backyard, which is about the big as a postage stamp. You know, it's one of those. And, you know, you'd walk outside onto your patio and your neighbor would walk out in his bathrobe and say, hey, Clay. You're like, oh, hey. You know, is that, is that we could have fist bumped, you know, is that, it's one of those things. And you're like, man, I love the house, but I don't love this. And the point I want to make with that is sometimes we build our houses, we build our walls way too close to things that we don't need to. The question would be, are you setting your boundaries too close to the world? I want distance from that. I want distance from the things that cause me to stumble. I want distance from that. I need some space to stretch my legs, so to speak. I don't want to be up like that. So it determines how close you are to the world. When the Bible says, I've called you to be separate, I've called you to be set apart. Not that you're not in the world because you are in the world, you are ambassadors of Christ in the world, but we're not of the world. But too many believers wanna build their homes right on the line between godliness and worldliness. And can I tell you something? It'll never work. It will never work. When you're talking spiritually, you've got to make sure the boundaries in your life are clear. You've got to make sure that you have them set in a place where you can understand them, where it's obvious, it's right there, because you don't want that stuff coming in. But guess what? The walls also keep things in that you don't want to get out. It protects your family. Strong walls that are built with a godly foundation will protect your family in ways that we desperately need, especially in this world. Why do we say these things? Why do we keep this? Because walls are part of your defense. The walls in my life, the boundaries in my life, well, I'll just tell you a few. You'll notice that if uh, somebody wants to have a meeting with me, if they're a guy, I'll meet them anywhere almost. If a lady calls and says, I want to meet with you, it's going to be in an open room with other people present. And people say, Pastor, it's not like I'm going to try anything. And I'm like, well, I'm not worried about you trying anything. I'm worried about what it might be. I'm protecting you and I'm protecting me because I ain't going down like that. It's a, it's a parameter. It's a boundary that I placed in my life because it protects me and it protects the people that I love. Boundaries are important. That's why the Bible says, what fellowship does darkness have with light? As a believer, you have no business creating an intimate relationship with somebody who is not also of the light. The Bible's very clear. Believers need to stick with believers when it comes to those. Why? Because when you build your relationships with anything other than the foundation of Christ and the walls that God brings us and designs for us, then we set ourselves up for disaster. And how many stories can we tell <laughs> about disastrous issues because somebody said, oh, pastor, but you don't understand. God created her just for, look at her. It is everything I ever wanted. You better watch what you ask for because what looks really good right now may look a lot different down the road just a little bit. Because let me tell you something, heart matters way better than what you see on the outside. Who they are in Christ is way more important than what you see on the outside. Because how many know you've been around long enough to know that things change? So we'd realize these walls are part of our defense. 
that keeps the good in and keeps the bad out. But there's another piece that I'll share this morning real quickly, and this is the second key thought is the walls that build your life, the walls that build your life will support the roof that covers you and what you care most about. The walls will support the roof. I want you to think about that for a minute. I am not a, uh, a, a physical builder by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, I remember as a teenager, me and some buddies decided we were going to go to the wild. We were going to rough it. We were going to do it the real way, you know. And so we went out with nothing but a canteen and some hot dogs because we were going to do it the real way. And uh, the real way was not going to be us killing any animals because I couldn't do that. So we had hot dogs. But part of my job was to build a structure for us to be in the wild. And I worked hard on this structure. I, I just, okay, so we'll do this, we'll set this up. And let, can I tell you something? I realized very quickly that the walls and the supports matter a lot because I built the stuff up, got it all done, and then we started to put like a, a makeshift roof to over it with the broken limbs and all the things that we had found around. And before I knew it, we're sitting under there and we're having fun, we're talking, we're laughing, and all of a sudden, everything collapses on top of us. Now, it was funny then, but when it's your life now, when it collapses, it's not fun. But what I can tell you is simply this, that if you build your walls correctly, then the roof that you have over your head, the covering that you have will be a benefit to you that you cannot imagine. Can you imagine your home now without a roof? It would almost seem a little bit pointless, doesn't it? But let me tell you about your covering, why the walls are important and why you're covering, because the framework of your life is what supports the covering. And we all need a covering. We all need a roof. What is that roof? The roof is your family. The roof is your church. The roof is your leadership. It's those that you, uh, that you answer to. It's those that you give the opportunity to be a part of your life. It's a covering. That's why God called us into a church body, because we need a covering. That's why you need a pastor in your life. You need somebody when you're hitting the rough places of life. You've got a spiritual guide that can help you, not make decisions for you, but can help you understand scripturally, here's what's all involved with this. You need a covering because it protects you. It helps you. And truthfully, it tells us this in the big picture view, we all need each other. We all need each other. And the structure of our lives makes such a difference. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 20 says, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself as the cornerstone. We talked about that last week. The next verse says, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a, a holy temple to the Lord or in the Lord. The whole building being fitted together. Being part of, having a covering in your life is essential. The structure, and I want you to remember that, the structure of your walls, the structure of your life matters immensely. And let me describe it like this. I remember when my dad first started having heart issues. 
And that's a whole long story that we won't go through today. But I remember after this had start, began to happen in his life, I remember I started having, uh, uh, I, I think I'm having a heart attack. And I was probably in my mid-20s at this time. And uh, I was a runner. I was all this stuff. I'm like going, you know, it's like I didn't look like somebody was going to have a heart attack. And, but I kept having, my left arm was hurting. My jaw would hurt. I'm like, I'm having a heart attack like my dad. I remember I went, I went to the doctor. And he went over everything, and he says, well, he goes, I'm looking, your heart's great, everything's great, tell me about your schedule. Well, I was a business owner, and I was volunteering in ministry and doing all those things, so anybody knows that those can be crazy times. Had little kids, all this stuff, so I had a lot going on. So I remember him sitting me down and telling me some of the information that I didn't enjoy. And he said, Clay, listen heart disease runs in your family. First of all, I'm in my mind going, well, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. <laughs> you know, I'm getting all spiritual in my head. And he said, you need to live with the idea that it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And here's why that's important. Because it comes to the structure of your heart. And he said, the best thing that you can do is to keep doing what you're doing and make sure that your heart is strong enough for when it does happen, that your body is, is strong enough that when it does happen, it can handle it. And here's why I think that's so important. Because in our lives, tough times are going to come. Challenges are going to come. But just like we said in worship, when you're making room for that breakthrough tomorrow, sometimes it's that conscious decision that I'm going to build a room. I'm going to build room. I'm going to make room for God to do in my life in that moment what I need. I'm just telling you, the structure of your building is important. What is it built on? What is it built with? And here's lastly the thing that I would tell you. Some of us have built our walls with materials, if we're being honest, that would consist of our hurt, our pain, our fears. When God's saying, don't build those walls, build it with the confidence to know that I created you with a purpose, that I love you more than you could ever even understand, that I have called you and I have provided you with everything that you need to build the life that I created for you. So what I want to encourage you today, maybe you've got some walls that need to come down. Let them come down. Let them come down. Because when the walls are built wrong, all they're doing is inflicting future damage in your life. And the quicker that you resolve it, the quicker you deal with it, the stronger your life can be. The more productive you'll be. And the more you'll find the freedom, the peace, and the grace that God has for you. So what does your walls consist of? Some of us look at life a lot differently. I've learned to look at life as potential. I've learned to look at life as opportunity. Some of you aren't wired that way. Some of you look at life as a struggle. Some of you look at life as just something I've got to get through, another day, 
But today, God can shift that. And I want to challenge you as believers. What walls in your life do you need to really inspect? Have you got damage that you're ignoring? In other words, do you have something against somebody else that's eating away at the walls of your life? Because the Bible says very clearly, when you have, the old word is, when you have ought, when you have something against another believer, the word says you should take it to that person. And there's a whole line of thinking that goes with that. If they don't receive it, you can do something else. Anyway, that's not today's lesson. But what I want you to see is that there is a way to deal with the junk in your life. Get it out because it's like termites. If you don't deal with it, it will eat away at the very part of your walls that keep it strong. Let God convict you of the places where you're not dealing with what needs to be dealt with. I think that's the biggest problem. We just don't want to deal with it. You don't have an option. Deal with it. Would you bow your head, close your eyes all across this room? Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord, that you allow us to build on the foundation as you being the cornerstone and your word being our foundation. Thank you for providing us with the right materials to build our lives. And I pray that today, God, we would face our fears and begin to reach higher and dig deeper. That, Father, we can be who you called us to be, that we can step to that next level that you have for each of us in our lives. But help us deal with the things that are difficult. We need you. And we desire to be better. So with heads still bowed and eyes still closed, you're here today. And you say, Pastor, you know, I recognize just in the parts that you were talking about that I've got some issues with some of my walls that I need to deal with. Pastor, I need to start that this week. I need God to reveal some more of this to me. And if that's you, you say, Pastor, I need you to be praying for me this week. Would you just slip your hand up and say, Pastor, that's me. I need your prayers this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, thank you, thank you. Amen, thank you, thank you, yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, yes. You can place your hands back down. Now I'm going to ask everyone to stand to your feet this morning. I know I've gone just a, a bit over and I need to hurry. But here's, here's what I want to do is the most important question we'll ever ask is right now. And the truth is, you came into this church today knowing that you needed to get right with God. Knowing that there was sin in your life and you didn't want to leave here the same as you came in. And this is that moment. So once more, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed for this personal invitation, you're here now and you say, Pastor, I need Jesus this morning. I know there's sin in my life and I need to make it right. I need Jesus. Simple question. If that's you, there's nobody looking around. You say, that's me, Pastor. Just slip your hand up right where you are. I'm not going to embarrass you today, but this is your opportunity to start a brand new wall. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? I don't want to miss a hand. This is too important in this house. Thank you. Anybody else? 
So you can place your hands back down. And here's where we're going to pray together. And just so you know, as we close today, I want you to always know these altars are open. If you need to just come be before the Lord, you just want to pray at these altars, find a spot. You don't have to go to a person. You can go to the side. You can go wherever you want to. We love you, and we want you to have that moment. But today, we're going to start with this prayer as a family. And the only thing I ask is tell somebody about the decision that you're making today. And I'm proud of you. And we're going to pray this prayer together as a family. Dear Jesus, I'm sorry. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and make me new. I receive you, Jesus, as my Savior right now. I repent of my sin and I turn away from my past. Today I am forgiven and I'm a new creation. Father, I belong to you for the rest of my days. It's in your name I pray. Amen and amen. Can you give the Lord some praise? Amen.